0: Hello. Just before we begin this week's episode, I'm walking a very special musical Camino in May 2024, and I'm inviting you to join me. me? me? I'm walking from Leon to Santiago de Compostela. In the first three weeks of May, I'll be performing concerts along the way. Pilgrims walking with me will pay a fee, and every cent will go towards making my new album, Storyteller. Won't you join me? You join we are already selling spots, so if you're interested, join now. Just go to danmullinsmusic.com. There's a list of frequently asked questions and a basic itinerary. Won't you join me? Won't you join me? Join me for a magical musical Camino. To reserve your spot, go to danmullinsmusic.com. will you join me? Won't you join me? Hello, and welcome to my Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins. It's great to have your company. This is a podcast about El Camino de Santiago, or the Way of St. James. The Camino is a pilgrimage walked by pilgrims, and there's a lot of love on that pilgrimage. People stepping outside their comfort zones, getting lots of exercise each day, taking in the great outdoors, meeting people from all over the world, sharing and caring. Being someone's comfort, someone's support, someone's benefactor. Having time to be patient. Having time to be the best version of you. Simply enjoying the step-by-step journey across an ancient landscape. Taking time to take it all in. Taking time for yourself. Taking time to be kind to yourself. Even though you may be doing it tough. The journey might be difficult... But the fact you're on the Camino, enjoying all it has to offer, is a gift to yourself, despite the hardships. You'll find yourself warming to the task, and you'll find yourself being a good Samaritan when you hadn't really counted on it. One thing you can count on is a desire on your return home to keep in touch with the Camino, or probably more accurately, the Camino keeps in touch with you. Walking is a great way to stay in touch with pilgrimage and a great way to stay in shape just in case another Camino bubbles to the surface. Thich Nhat Hanh was a Vietnamese Buddhist monk. He's widely regarded as the father of mindfulness. He said, People usually consider walking on water or in thin air a miracle. But I think the real miracle is not to walk either on water or in thin air, but to walk on earth. Every day we are engaged in a miracle which we don't even recognize. A blue sky, white clouds, green leaves, the black curious eyes of a child. Our own two eyes. All is a miracle. Curious eyes of a child, I love that. All is a miracle, I especially love that. And I seem to be lured back to interviewing women from Canada. My chats with Elisa Golden and Cindy McGann were the perfect way to kick off 2024. Well, I received an email from Tessa Kuypers a few weeks back. Tessa is walking the Camino with me in May. And I asked Tessa, would she be interested in a chat for the podcast? She said, yeah, sure. And better still, Tessa's daughter Dana is also on the line. So, Dana Catt, welcome, Pilgrim.
1: Thank you, Dan.
0: And Tessa Kuipers, welcome to you too, Pilgrim. Thank you. So, Tessa, I'll start with you. How did the Camino come into your lives?
2: Ah, well, I have two theories on this, Dan. I'm not quite sure which is the right one. The first is I uh, read Jane Christmas's book, What the Psychic Told the Pilgrim. And that just tickled me pink. It was so incredibly funny. I hadn't quite turned 50 yet. And she was doing it for her 50th birthday. And I thought, I want to do this too. And indeed, I did. On the year I turned 50, I walked um, Camino Portuguese with my siblings. And the second theory is I had some friends that would have refugio parties they had heard about the Camino and they'd heard about refugios and they wanted to extend this hospitalness and discussion to their friends and other people of like-minded natures and so once a month on a Friday we would have a potluck and some drinks and get together with a community of people and have drinks and a lovely supper and a lovely discussion
0: Oh, that's great. Just before we go on, that's a Canadian thing, potluck. Tell us what potluck is, Tessa.
2: (laughs) I didn't realize potluck was a Canadian thing. Potluck is my very favorite. (laughs) So potluck is where every person um, that is coming to an event brings something that they have either made or purchased. But everybody brings a piece of food or an item to the, to the table to share with everybody else. So you have a whole mixture of stuff.
0: Yeah, in Australia we say, bring a plate. That's what we, we say bring in Australia, plate. bring a plate. Yeah, potluck in Canada. So Dana, to you now, what did you make of your mother's urging to walk the Camino?
1: I think I was a bit in my own self as teenage years. Um, <laughs> so I remember her doing it. Like I vividly remember because she left for weeks, like she was gone for two or three weeks. And I didn't have my um, G2 yet, which is like, I could drive with mom driving or a licensed driver, but I couldn't drive myself. And the car was just sitting there. And I was so mad that I couldn't drive it. And that's like the biggest thing I remember about her being gone for three weeks, which is kind of sad. But um yeah, so I remember her doing it. I was 17, I think, um, and she had a wonderful time, but we didn't really discuss it in depth at all. And, like, my aunts and uncles went with her, like she said, and um, I really I don't remember discussing it being this amazing experience. I have a purse from it. Like, they got me a gift, and I still use it every day. Like, it's my everyday purse for the last, like, five years. Um, but I don't really remember it being a big deal. So my first kind of delve into the Camino was listening to your podcast this summer.
0: Right. There you go. Okay. But I said in the intro, the Camino has a habit of returning to our lives to keeping us Hmm. in touch. Dana, has that been the case for you?
1: Yeah. Like it was just happened to be the right time for me to learn about it. I've I was kind of at the right stage in my life that that's when I needed it. I didn't need it when I was 16. I couldn't have done it <laughs> then. So it's it was the right time for me now. So
0: Tessa, what is it about the Camino that makes it so special?
1: I like the slowness
2: of it. So, you know, you're not busy trying to see uh, a pile of different things. These things just happen as you're walking along and as you walk, you get to slowly enjoy everything that's there in Spain, everything you're walking past. Um, You know, I was just looking through my photo library and there's pictures of cows and mountain goats and clouds and snails and doors and just these things that if you're having a very fast whirlwind vacation, you don't get to take the time to see and walking, walking itself also feels good. Yes, it is treacherous and hard and you got to embrace it. But it also feels really great at the end of it. You feel strong, you feel empowered and you think, I'm so glad I did this.
0: So Tessa, let me ask you this before you're taking the two children in tow, Did you do much planning? Because it wouldn't have been easy and you would have had to have pretty good plans in place.
2: Yes. So, let's see, about a year and a half ago, I semi-retired. So, I was planning this as my alone trip. This was my alone trip. This was, you know, Tesla's going to have some me time and do my own thing and this is really what I want to do and nobody was all that interested. So, I said, I don't care. I am going. But then as the time came closer it just i could see that my son needed something and he had time and my daughter was just finishing up a contract of work so she also had time and i thought this opportunity is not going to come again where i have a chance to invite and walk with my children right life is going to get busy for them with jobs with you know with everything that life provides so this is a time this is an opportunity that i see here so Really, not very long before we left, I invited them. So that's how that came about.
0: Do you remember what you thought when your mother asked you, Dana?
1: So I was waiting for her to mention it. Mom did not ask me. My brother <laughs> told me that mom invited him. Oh. <laughs> and I called her so annoyed <laughs> that she asked my little brother before asking me or without asking me. And she she admitted that if Dylan had have said no, that she would not have invited me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny.
1: So I was a little jealous.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so when you thought, okay, I'm going to do it, Dana, what did you anticipate? Mm-hmm. What what did you expect to find? What did you expect to experience?
1: Um, so one of the major factors in me, like saying yes, was... Um, like, I think it's a wonderful thing, but I got married very young and I've been with my husband for quite a few years now. So I've had my almost entire adult life with him. So finding my own two feet seemed kind of important because we were moving for his job. So like, I felt very, like I was just following him around and not being my own person. Mm. And um, I've always been very dependent on my puppy, which I know for some people is not, uh, doesn't make sense, but um, my dog came into my life when I was going through a depression and I find like, just, I lean on him constantly and I needed to just be my own person without that and without my husband. So I was hoping to find that kind of independence that I needed.
0: Wow. And, and, and so, with that sense of anticipation, that's a big, that's a big expectation. That's putting a lot of pressure on yourself, Dana, especially somebody who's prone to to bouts of depression. D- did you handle it? Did you find what you were looking for then?
1: I found parts of it, I think. Great. I did.
0: Yeah, wow. That's a lot of anticipation, yeah. And what do you remember most, Dana, when you think back of the on the Camino? What do you remember most?
1: I think I remember the people the most. We met, like, you just meet everyone, and we can talk about it later, but I got injured, so I met even more people because I was sitting around waiting for my family to meet up with me after taking a taxi or a bus or something, so I just, I remember all of these people. I have so many of them on, like, Facebook and such now, and I just, it was such this beautiful experience of just meeting people and just having this huge thing in common of doing the Camino together. And yeah, like I made like lifelong friends.
0: Yeah. Given the fact that you weren't given a lot of notice before you went, did you find the walking easy? And why don't you tell us about this injury? Now's the perfect time.
1: Um. So I, yeah, so we agreed. We bought my ticket about a month and a half before we left. Wow. So I I was ready. I was like going to use my Fitbit and track my steps and get ready to go. And then I got a cold. (laughs) I was down and out. I was so sick. And then I got over that. And then we had to go house hunting in a different country. Like my husband and I just moved countries. So then we went on a vacation to do that. And that was a kerfuffle of a vacation as well. So I did not train enough. Um, but I've always been a walker. I have decently bad ankles from previous sprains, but, um, other than that, the walking was hard because of the blisters. I, mom and Dylan got none and I got all of theirs. I think I just got (laughs) blisters upon blisters. My feet were disgusting and yeah, that was an experience. Um, so yeah, on my third day of walking, so I'd only walked two full days, about 50 kilometers. So about 10 kilometers into my third day, I slipped on some gravel, just on the side of a highway path. Um, I was walking with this Dutch gentleman, Thomas, um, and he became closest friend. We talk every day. Um, But yeah, he was taller than me by quite a bit, like a foot. So I think I was trying to walk faster to keep up with him and he just didn't have my footing and I slipped and I, I, I gashed my knee open. Like it was a full, full gash, clean, a clean gash, but it was pretty deep. And, um, it was protruding blood onto my, like the toes of my shoes. Like it was spurting. It was gross. If you didn't like blood, it wouldn't have been good. (laughs) But I was probably in shock or adrenaline or something. I didn't even notice it. I was like, okay, let's keep going. Like I got up and I started walking. Like I was, I felt fine. And they were like, Dana, there's blood everywhere. (laughs) And I looked down and I was like, oh no. (laughs) So we're sitting on the side of a highway just on gravel. And I lift up my pant leg and it's, it's a bad cut. So Thomas, my my friend, he is immediately just cool-headed. He's like, my friend is up ahead, like I had walked ahead. He's a nurse. Nurse Greg got the call and ran back two kilometers to help me. Like just full run. He was running when he came up to us. It was this beautiful moment of just everyone's, everyone had a little bit of first aid, but we all had combined enough to figured out um this beautiful couple we had met had a phone plan so they called um a lady that spoke spanish stopped to help us call the ambulance because the taxi would not come mom came up a few minutes after i had sat down not realizing it was me that everyone was crowding around
0: oh my gosh
1: um, I think every person stopped to make sure I was okay. Like we were right on the path that everyone had to go by and everyone stopped to make sure I was okay. We got an ambulance. I think the ambulance took longer than the stitches. Um, I got seven stitches <gasps> in this rural hospital in Colorado. Um, And they were very old fashioned, just a string and a needle. <laughs> and I have a huge scar. <laughs> Um, and I'm sure my mom was not happy that she invited me that day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure she was. I'm sure she was. Wow. Tessa, tell us about walking up to that group of people gathered on the side of the road outside of Bellarado. Um, yeah, that was, uh, that
2: was interesting. Yeah. So I walk up and of course it's Dana and, she'd already had this whole big foot of blisters, and now she's got this gash that is just spewing. And it is like, oh, my word, what are we going to do with your child? (laughs) But it was okay. She had her head together. Everything was good. Yeah, Nurse Greg and Thomas were fantastic, and there were a lot of other pilgrims that helped out as well. So, yes, a lot of um, pilgrim angels were there for us uh, the the tax uh, the ambulance drivers were excellent and um, the emergency services too we were in and out in 20 minutes
0: that's amazing and
2: I I did I did get free drinks that night as well from my Camino friends who felt a little sorry for me
0: <laughs> <laughs> but let me ask you a question that perhaps is a bit too personal but you don't have to answer it if you don't want to. But I know a lot of people listening will be wondering, did your travel insurance cover you for that? The ambulance and everything?
1: Um, they never charged us for the ambulance. We never got a bill. Wow. Um, and at the time I I'm working on being better with money, Dan, I the 92 euros seemed like a perfect price to pay. And I was too busy having fun that I did not call my travel insurance.
0: Okay. All right. I just wondered about that. I've always wondered about that in Spain. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. What, so, so Tessa, what about you? Um, did you feel like, I'm sure you were walking, you're already a walker, but did you feel like you had to prepare mentally for the Camino, Tessa? Uh,
2: no. No, uh, I I feel that walking in itself is therapeutic for me, yeah. so I wasn't too concerned about that. What I was really worried about is um, the Pyrenees. So I know um, when you talked to Jamie and Vanessa, they, they said, we live in a very flat area, and indeed we do. Um, and my forever fiance, he lives in Muskoka, which is a vacation area here in canada so there's a few more hills there so i would go up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down but there really were on their own hills so i was super worried about it but apparently going uphill is my superpower because <laughs> i rocked the pyrenees and it was no problem at all
0: wow wow yes i i i, I have memories well, when I crossed the Pyrenees, I had already been walking for eight days in France. So I already was kind of, and that was very, very Fired. challenging up and down, up and down. So really it wasn't all that difficult for me. But I have some wonderful memories of that, of the Pyrenees and the, those beautiful horses with the big long eyelashes and, and you know, the, the, the views. Tessa, was it clear when you walked across the Pyrenees? Could you take in those beautiful views?
2: Um, it was a bit of both. So it started out a bit misty, which was actually really nice for walking because the afternoon before had been super hot. So it, it made the walking so much nicer because the temperature was nice and cool. There were times when it would be completely cloud cover and you couldn't see anything, but then boom, it would clear and it'd be sunny and beautiful and you could see everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
2: I thought it was the perfect day.
0: Yeah, a nice mixture. How fantastic. And getting to Roncesvalles is such a relief because you think when you get to the top, oh, well, that's the worst of it. But then the the, the road down to Roncesvalles, it can be tricky, can't it?
2: Yes, and the one into Zubiri, even trickier.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's a tough couple of days, but can't wait to get back there dana what did you find most rewarding on the camino
1: that is a great question i don't want to say the same thing like i just i love the friendship and the connections we've made i love how giving people are like just i was listening to some of your episodes today and like the tea and biscuits that liz told like that's just Everyone is like that and it's so beautiful. Like it, people will give you the shirt off their back if they can. Yeah. Um, so I was, I jotted a few notes down because I, people ask me questions and it, my brain doesn't work. So um, I, my first day, this wonderful girl from um, the United States was walking with mom and I and another gentleman and I don't know why but the sound of her hiking poles caught my attention, and she had, like, worn them down so much that I dropped everything and gave her my, like, replacement ends that we had in our bags. Because I knew that my mom and my brother both had replacements, so I just gave her mine. Um, more for my own benefit of not listening <laughs> to her pole scratchy, <laughs> but... Um, It was just like every day was like that. Like everyone would just give you what they could. And I think that's just a really beautiful way to go through life in general.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to think that you might take some of that home with you. Have you taken some of that home with you, Dana?
1: I think so. I would like to think so. Um, Of course I can't think of a, a, example that I've done right now. But um, when my husband and I were driving to Kansas, we just moved from Ontario to Kansas. And um, we drove our old RV. And it broke down twice. Um, And the nicest people just stopped to help us in the rural Ohio, just out of nowhere, just stopped and pulled over to take him to get gas. And he said, I stayed with the, the truck and the dogs. But he said that he got in their car and they were just like, we're, we're gay rednecks. Welcome. <laughs> and, um, and they took him to get gas and they took, brought him back to me and like just stuff like that. And the, we're in the Midwest and just everyone's like that. I We bought a used car and the couple we bought it from let us use their license plates so we could drive it for the day before we got our own.
0: That's great. And they were
1: just like, bring them back when you're done. Oh, and that's great. And no one has ever done that in Ontario that I've
0: met. Yeah, that's great. Oh, how reassuring. And I can't wait to get to America in, in March. I can't wait to be over there in Texas. It's going to be just fantastic. Tessa, what about you? What did you find most rewarding in this latest Camino with your family?
2: I'm going to say meeting the people and feeling, yeah, generosity and love and um i gotta say i'm really loving my body and it was very kind to me like in every day i would wake up and go oh yep still moving pain free this is gonna be a good day
0: that's great well if you if your body pulls through it okay that's one of the great things right you know then that you can keep doing it time and time again if you want to
2: yes Yes, for
1: sure.
0: What a blessing. Yeah, that's fantastic. And what did you learn about yourself while you were walking the Camino, Dana?
1: Like I said, I think I learned that I can stand on my own two feet, which was very yeah. important to me. My husband kind of, we talked about it before I left. I, When mom mentioned bringing, like when we were talking about me going, I immediately wanted to bring my dog. And my husband kind of said no. Like he said, I support you going, but you cannot take the dog with you, (laughs) which was totally valid. It would have been so much more stressful and terrible to have him. But um, I just, he mentioned that I bring up my dog in every conversation that I can. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but I think it's a coping mechanism. And I tried really hard not to do that. And when we were in Santiago one night, we were talking about it. And mom said that I had done that. Like, I hadn't mentioned my baby as much as I normally do. And that was very exciting that I was able to do that. And, like, just be independent and talk about, you know, not that my dog isn't meaningful to me, but he's not meaningful to everyone else. (laughs) So I was trying to, (laughs) to focus on that.
0: Yeah, what about you, Tessa? What did you learn about yourself on your Numerous Now Caminos?
2: I'm supposed to be less of a mother bear.
0: <laughs>
2: Why? <laughs> Why are
0: you supposed <laughs> to be more of a, less of a mother bear? Everyone so less, loves mother less bears. Less of
2: a mother bear. Less, um, I think uh, I probably need to let go a little more than I do of uh, letting my children find their own way.
0: Wow. Wow. I could, I'm so guilty of that. I'm totally guilty (laughs) of that. But I don't want to let go.
2: I know. Me either. But I want to support and love, but also let them find their way.
0: Mm. Oh, gosh, that takes great strength. Wow. Okay. Hmm. I'll have to learn from you, I think, when we walk in May. There's a day's walking, you and me, Tessa, walking together, talking about that very point. That's a it's a promise. It
2: sounds amazing. It does
0: sound amazing, actually, doesn't it? So, Dana, cast your mind back. Picture yourself on the Camino. You've now moved to Kansas. You were talking about gay rednecks, which is just a great story in itself. Is the Camino for everyone, do you think?
1: So I thought about this deeply, because um Nurse Greg, who helped me, is about six foot eight. And an Australian and he's he's fantastic. Um, and he walked with his partner, his I think fiance, Chloe, and I talked to them this morning and they're doing good. But um, she is shorter than I am. Um, and I'm about five six. So she's gotta be like mom's height at like five, three, five, four. And they didn't leave each other's sides, like they walked together the entire way. And I was thinking about how I wanna go back and if I wanted to do this with my husband. And I'm looking at nurse greg in this in this terrible like one of the i think it was the worst albergue we were in um in saint juan de ortega and nurse greg is like he doesn't fit in the bunk beds right. and i'm thinking about how my husband would never fit in these bunk beds and how miserable that would make him like he would try but that would just make him so miserable so i was thinking about that specifically just that some of the facilities aren't meant for big people. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want, I hope it is for everyone. I really, I think it's a beautiful experience and like I wouldn't trade it for the world. Like, And everyone says like, you want to go back after you got so, like it was so hard and painful. And I was like, yeah, like immediately, yes. Like I would go in May if I could, like it was... It was such a great experience, but I don't know if I think it's for everyone.
0: Yeah. I was talking to someone about it about a week ago and she said, I couldn't think of anything worse. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, and I said, but it's so fantastic. Like you meet these people from all around the what? So I have to walk every day. Yeah. You have to walk every day. What? Like, how far? Like, 30Ks. Oh, my God. What would I... No, I'm not interested. She just was not interested in it at all. I said, you've got to go and watch these movies about it. No, I don't want to watch any movies about it. Okay, she wasn't interested at all. <laughs> Tessa, to you now, I've, I've had all these powerful and dynamic Canadian women on the podcast lately. What is it about Canadians? You guys take no prisoners, you Canadian women. What is it about you? <laughs> I'm going to say
2: it's weather. Weather makes us... Uh have to be adaptable and um because our weather's kind of all over the place and I don't think we're we're very unique that way but yeah you know in the summertime I mean it is hot and humid and we have some good dog days but uh it's not so bad today but the last few days I mean it's minus 20 and the wind is blowing and it is so cold but I am out there with my weighted backpack and I am rucking because I am practicing for my Camino. Yeah. I need to do this. And we, we have gear. That's what gear's for.
0: That's what gear's for. Exactly. And and portaging. You, you learn to portage. I never even heard that's, that word before right. I got to, to Canada, right? Carrying a canoe around on your head which I've never seen before, but I've now done. I have managed to do it while I was there. So now this now there's a powerful and dynamic Canadian woman living in Kansas, Dana. What's it like living in the States, being from the great white north?
1: Um, I think both places I get some eye bulges when you say you move from Ontario to Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's been it's been quite good. Um obviously we miss home. We're both from the same small town, so we miss like we moved away from all of our families. So it's been it's been getting better by the day. So that I appreciate. Um and we're finding our, you know, nice hiking paths. So it'll be good. But it's been negative 20 here.
0: Yeah. As I understand it, Kansas is a very beautiful place. Yeah. 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 That's another state I have to go. I have to go and 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 check out. Tessa, how do you describe the Camino to people who ask you about it?
2: I think the Camino, or I describe it as it, it can be. It's yours. It's whatever you want it to be. So Dana was mentioning, you know, her husband is very large, and that would be very uncomfortable. But you can upgrade and stay in nice places that have. Uh, you know, luxury, and you can make it whatever you want to. So if you only want to walk 5Ks, then you walk 5Ks, and that's okay. So it doesn't have to be a big, long walk. Like the the lady you were talking about, I don't have any interest in that. (laughs) But somebody might have an interest in walking a little bit and seeing, you know, and just seeing the next town. That might be really fun for people. And it's a way to meet a lot of people from a lot of different countries and a lot of like-minded people. So that's really where I go with it. It, You know, there's a lot of like-minded people on the Camino. So you're traveling with people you want to meet, which is really cool.
0: Nobody's ever said that to me before, like-minded people. You're right. They are like-minded people. Uh, yes. It, nobody's going there thinking they're going on a surfing holiday. They know what they've got themselves in for. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I never thought of that before. That's quite funny. Dana, what about you? What do your friends? What does your husband make of Dana the Pilgrim?
1: He's supportive in everything I do. It's it's quite lovely. He's starting now to tell me that I've told him the same Camino stories a couple times. <laughs> um, that comes with the territory. We while, <laughs> yeah. We would talk while I was there. But with the time change, like I didn't really remember what I had told him and what I didn't. So I think I've told him all the stories multiple times. But to like, it's just this beautiful mind and body experience. That's so just, it was necessary for, for us and obviously for a lot of other people. that it's just, yeah, it's mind and body. Like it's, it's so great for both.
0: Yeah. And you you mentioned earlier depression, has it helped you with that side of your, your living your life?
1: I think, I think so. I think I am definitely more mindful of, yeah, I should get up and go walk, even though it's negative 20. Um, sometimes I miss it. Um, there's there's a simplicity of being on the Camino that I I think I miss most days. Um, I was discussing it with a friend, um, like another pilgrim that lives in Washington, and he was saying that he misses the Camino too. And we just we go and then we just want to be back. And I think that's a beautiful experience. And I talked with Mom and Dylan when I was home for Christmas. We all wear the same clothes we get home to our wardrobes and we're still wearing our pilgrim clothes.
0: Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's great. That's great. I I love that it's helped you. And I love that you've been able to find a little something that gets you out of the house and gets you walking. And that's good for you. Good for your mental health. I love that. Tessa, would you describe yourselves as a religious family?
2: We're definitely not a religious family. Uh, I think we're definitely a spiritual family. Well, I am and Dana is. I don't want to speak for Dylan. He's his own person. Um, but yes, the, the spiritualness of the Camino definitely attracted me in that way, but not, not the religious aspect so much. And I know that's really important to a lot of people who go on it. And I think that's great. Uh, that's
0: not for me. So, someone who's spiritual, what what's their form of prayer? Is it a, is it is it like manifestation? Is it are, are they mantras? How does how does someone who's not religious form an intention like a prayer, Tessa?
2: I would say my prayer is gratefulness.
0: Oh wow. Yeah.
2: Um, and I think you were you were talking about that um, your theme at the beginning uh, the the gentleman was talking about being grateful and grateful to be be doing things and that's that's I think really important for me and that's where I see prayer or that's what I see prayer as acknowledging gratefulness and being aware of it because it's really easy. To slip out of the awareness of gratefulness and get into the grumpiness. And you got to swing your mind around and try to remember all the things that are really great in this life. Hmm. And they're pretty simple. Hmm.
0: Wow. That's another great line from a great Canadian woman. Holy smokes. It's almost every week now. You, you Canadian women are giving me these great lines. I absolutely love it. So, Dana, if if religion wasn't necessarily a part of your your childhood, your upbringing, your current life, did you go into the churches along the Camino, and what did you make of them, as an as a non religious person? So, um, we went to
1: the. My first day was Lagronio to there was a monastery in the side of the cliff, The the town is escaping me right now. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, the, I was, it was my first day. I was hyped to like, let's go. Um, so we went because our our friends wanted to go and I was like, yeah, let's go. And, um, that one was probably my favorite that we had seen. Um, yes, we did not go to too many of the small ones. Um, we tried to go, we went to the Leon and one of the other big cities we went to, and I, I did go to the Santiago de Compostela with some friends. And I think the Santiago one hit me more than the others. Um, I think we just, the poverty part of it, like like seeing it be so rich can be difficult when you don't understand the religious aspects of it um so it doesn't bring up any like too many happy feelings for us which I know is not it's not great I I just I don't understand the religious parts so it's hard to Mm. speak too much on it but um the architecture is beautiful so I enjoy seeing that but it's definitely not as meaningful for me as it is for other people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They can be quite overwhelming. I mean, and quite garish actually. Some of the churches you think, Oh my gosh, what one who, who thought this was beautiful, but, but I imagine somebody did at some stage and uh, they certainly put a lot of work into it. Um, they are quite extraordinary. Some of those, some of those altars are insane. Tessa, uh, you and you two children, Uh, walking quite a, well, almost 800 kilometers. That would have taken a lot of planning. Were you a spreadsheet pilgrim?
2: No. Um, So it was just my son and I until Legronio. And I think we pre-booked in St. John and Zubiri, but that was only because we started at a time when we knew it was, like, super busy. Right. After that, no, we were kind of doing fly by the seat of your pants. And then we did have to pre-plan a little bit around Dana's injuries. Because when she got injured, it wouldn't be good to arrive someplace and she couldn't rest. Because she really did pull it all together and managed still to walk with blisters and seven stitches and heat stroke and you name it, she got so um, after that, we planned a bit, but it was only like a day or two ahead of time that we would pre-book a room.
0: So, Dana, I mean, how many days did you miss with the with the the knee?
1: We all took a day off um, together in Burgos. Like, Mom had already pre-planned that with some friends. Um, so, I got that day. That was so. So, I took one day off from them walking the day before. And then I took the bus into Burgos. I still walked around Burgos for a while. Um, the pain didn't actually hit me until that night. Right. And then I was really grumpy and like crying in the middle of the night from the pain. And Dylan was like, Are you okay? He was like, No, I'm not. I'm done. Um, so I think they went to the cathedral and they said, I should come. And I tried. And then I gave up like halfway through. <laughs> Because I was just in so much pain that day. And then I think I took a day and a half off the next day. So I, I would just kind of walk kind of until I felt like I couldn't Um, after three days of not walking.
0: Right. So I
1: did three days off and then I walked about half of what mom and Dylan did and then took a bus. And then um I walked two full days and then I got heat stroke because we got the worst heat that they've ever seen in the meseta in October. Wow. Was when we were watching.
0: <laughs> how extraordinary. So how hot was it?
1: it was, I think it was like 35 degrees Celsius at mm. the like hottest part of the day. And as a, like a redhead, I do not handle the heat well at all. I have always been that way. I was sunscreened up. I was covered head to toe in like sunshade Columbia is like a equipment company here. And I still just like, I was full covered everywhere I could. And I still just was so sick. And I think our, our, um, albergue after like a 17 kilometer stretch, uh, had a pool and it was cold and I think if I hadn't been in that pool, I would have had to go to the hospital because that just cooled my body down enough that I was able to, you know, not over continue to overheat as I was laying there. Wow. But it wow. was it was pretty terrible. So then I needed another two days after that. <laughs>
0: wow. wow, what a journey. Is there well let me ask you this then, Dana. Having been through what you've been through is there anything you would have done differently?
1: I don't know how I could have avoided the blisters, but if I had figured out how to avoid the blisters, that would have been much better. Like the knee, the heat stroke was not fun, but it was doable. But the blisters just made everything that much worse.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I
1: don't, I don't know why people are prone to them and some people aren't, but my feet were terrible.
0: Yeah, yeah, this, well, yeah, I don't quite know why some people are and some people aren't either, other than there are lots of tricks, people rubbing Vaseline in their feet and having inners. I, I never even heard what an inner was, but they wear sock inners, a sock inside a sock. So I, I don't know if that's something new to me as well. Tessa, what about you? What changes are you making before you're joining me in May? Uh,
2: try to look for better places to eat.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, I'm very pleased you're looking for good places to eat.
2: I'm a bit of a foodie and we picked poorly <laughs> often.
0: <laughs> That's really funny. So that was
2: a bit disappointing. And we also didn't get a lot of communal meals, which I would have really liked. Um, there, And I know it's a thing, but um, it's hard to know which places are offering that and which places aren't. Yeah. So maybe I need to look at that more.
0: Yeah, I found that walking with my family as well, Tessa, um, that often we would find somewhere and and eat and then you're thinking, oh, we we should be looking for other pilgrims to dine with. But we sort of, because we're a family, we had our own company, we didn't really need to. Whereas if you're on your own, you tend to seek out and try and find somewhere where there are other pilgrims. Dana, you were putting your hand up when I asked Tessa what changes she would make before joining me in May, have you got a suggestion? Mom said that
1: she's getting a smaller backpack.
0: Smaller yes. backpack. There you are. Smaller backpack. So are you expecting there to be less to carry? What are you leaving behind?
2: I don't know, but I think it was in LaGronio. Yes, it was LaGronio. I sent ahead my, um, sleeping bag. I decided I did not need that. That was luxury. And I sent ahead all our first aid stuff because I didn't need it and Dana hadn't arrived yet. So I didn't realize we would need Oh
0: it. no, you're kidding. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so when Nurse Paul is tending to Dana on the side of the road and he says, oh, that's fine. We can relax. Dana's mom's here. And you say, actually, I sent all the first aid stuff ahead. mama bear (laughs) that is funny okay all right look it's been such a pleasure talking to you both but as you both know i always finish with a camino story so uh dana why don't you tell us a camino story first
1: you know you gotta just go back to the basics and i gotta tell you the first day first day we did a 30 kilometer stretch from LaGronio and we didn't, we didn't hurry, like we weren't in a rush. So we just kind of, we were sitting on the side of the road and my brother had been sick, like he had gotten a cold. So he said he was going to take the bus and he walks and we're just sitting there just having a snack, reapplying sunscreen and he walks up and he, he hadn't figured out the bus. And we had given him all of our heavy, like our couple heavy things. And he had to walk the whole way with all of our heavy stuff. So then we make it into the next town, like into our town at like 5 p.m. And all of the albergues are full, every single one. Like nobody has one bed. So we're sitting like just with our head in our hands, just on the side of the road with, you know, newfound friends. There's like seven of us just sitting there. And the two ladies are like ready to call a cab. We're all going to share a cab. And up walks our Camino angel, Rachel from Australia, is already met mom. Like hadn't met me yet. I hadn't seen her yet. But she just walks out of the woodwork, already showered, all figured out. And she's like, I booked an apartment. I think I could house all five of you. Just amazing.
0: That's just so great.
1: Immediately is like, Oh, it's just around the corner. We all still have all of our backpacks because we didn't have a place and us and a father and son from Washington all crammed in her apartment. There was two bedrooms and a pullout couch and we all just piled in. There was two showers. So we all were perfectly good to a shower and there was a washing machine. So we did our washing together. Oh my
0: gosh. That's fantastic. What a great it story.
1: Fantastic.
0: Oh, how wonderful. Rachel, if you're listening, there you are. You're a Camino angel and, and people are telling stories about you. How fantastic. What about you, Tessa? Have you got a Camino story?
2: I do have a Camino story. The day we arrive in Santiago, it's pouring rain. We get to the square. There is nobody there. This is complete terrible way to arrive it's complete a letdown but the next day then all of our friends have arrived too and it's still a bit rainy the weather is crappy but all our Camino family is there and we find um a place it's outside but it's out of the rain and we're having some drinks and it's right at the place where you get in Santiago and you know you're almost there but the cathedral kind of disappears and so do all the signs and you're going where where do I go where do I go so we're sitting there and we're directing everybody and we're congratulating all the pilgrims coming in and you know shaking people's hand and hugging them and high-fiving and along comes this lady and I'm going I know you and she goes I know you too and I'm going, are you from London, Ontario? And she goes, no. I'm going, and then we're talking and we're having some questions back and forth. And we definitely, we definitely know we know each other. And finally, I, I asked her again, if she's from London, Ontario, because a grown woman wouldn't know if she was from London, Ontario or
1: not. <laughs>
2: so, and then she goes, I know I did the hospital era training with you and Tom and Dale. In London. So we'd just done the hospital era training in June together in London, Ontario. And that's why London. Yep. That was Judy, my friend Judy, and so we're hugging and going, Yay, we take a picture and we shoot it to her off to our group that we trained with. So yeah, out of you know, the many times you can travel through Santiago and Santiago itself is a big city. And I had no idea she would be there at that time. So Yeah, it was really awesome. That's
0: fantastic. I have a Tom and Dale story too. So I'm playing a show in the Rocks in Sydney, and it's a big beer garden, huge place, hundreds and hundreds of people, and I'm playing. It's a Saturday afternoon. And this gentleman came up to me and said, in Canadian accent, can you play some Paul Kelly? Paul Kelly is an Australian artist. I say, sure, no problem. So I play a Paul Kelly song, and then I take a break, and I walk down. And he says, let me buy you a beer. And I said, hang on, let me buy you a beer because you're from Canada. And he said, how did you pick my accent? I said, because I just came back from Canada two weeks ago. And he said, oh my gosh, where were you? And I said, London, Ontario. And he said, we're from London, Ontario. And I said, you're kidding. I stayed with my friend, Tom Friesen. And she says, I do Spanish with Tom and Dale. It's amazing. It's so we take a photo and we send it to Tom and Dale and say, <laughs> Look who I ran into. And that's that's the beauty. You see, Tom and Dale are such beautiful human beings that they, yes. they they share their light all over the world and it draws people together. Just like you two, Tessa and Dana shining your light, powerful and dynamic, strong and independent Canadian women who are mother and daughter and Great pilgrims, and I wanted to say thank you and congratulations to both of you for sharing and caring together. What a great keepsake that Camino will always be for you, and Dylan as well. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me, Tessa and Dana, and buen Camino. Buen Camino, Dan.
2: Buen Camino.
0: My guests this week were the mother and daughter team, Tessa Kuypers and Dana Kat. Tessa was in Canada, Dana in Kansas in the United States. Thich Nhat Hanh was a Vietnamese Buddhist monk, widely regarded as the father of mindfulness. And he said, people usually consider walking on water or in thin air a miracle. But I think the real miracle is not to walk either on water or in thin air, but to walk on earth. Every day we are engaged in a miracle which we don't even recognize. A blue sky, white clouds, green leaves, the black, curious eyes of a child. Our own two eyes. All is a miracle. So true. And just more than true when you spend an hour with people like Tessa and Dana. Wonderful, wonderful interview. That's all we have time for this week. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. Somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way